I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, fellow football fan. During the coming weeks, we'll shed some light on the football culture of different countries that have qualified for the upcoming World Cup. From Cameroon to Australia and from the United States to Ghana. In this episode, we dive into the culture of a country best known for its delicious tacos, mariachi music, and fearless football, Mexico. My name is Sam van Raalte, and welcome to the Home of Football, a podcast powered by 433. Mexico lives and breathes football. The country's national team is nicknamed El Tri because of the three colors in the Mexican flag. Pavel Pardo is a legend in Mexico. He played 146 games for the national team as a defensive midfielder. Pavel also achieved successes in Europe, winning the Bundesliga in dramatic fashion with Vauvbau Stuttgart in 2007. I called Pavel Pardo to get his perspective on football culture in Mexico. Here's Pavel. Well, the culture in in Mexico is is huge. You know, it's it's a passion from for the football, everybody, all the kids want to be as a professional uh, football player. When World Cup coming, the city stopped, you know, because everybody wants to to watch the national team. I remember when I was uh, young, when the national team played, we stopped classes and we watched the national team. So that that's the passion and that's the, the culture in Mexico about football. Yeah, and, and what do you remember from, from playing at a World Cup, you know? What's that like in your experience? Well, in my experience, and, and I remember the first time it was in 1998 in France. I remember that it was in the beginning. <clears throat> I was nervous because it was the first time to play. So it was amazing when to the field and it was crowded, a lot of Mexican people because every... In every World Cup, you can see as many uh, fans from Mexico, and this is amazing. When, when you are in, on the field, and this is the anthem from Mexico, and singing the anthem from Mexico, like, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000 people in, in the stadium out of your country, that's amazing. 
What do you expect from Mexico at this World Cup, at the upcoming World Cup in Qatar? What do you th- expect from this team? Well, of course, <laughs> we always expect uh, a lot of, of our our national team. You know? But I, I have a lot of confidence in the players, in the, in the staff, in the trainer. And for me, I would like or I expect, of course, to, to pass to the next round. And of course, we always talk in, in Mexico about the, the fifth game, hmm. you know, to, to pass the, the next round. Uh, and I think it is a big opportunity because right now, of course, in this moment or like in the year, the level of the performance of the national team, it wasn't really good. But I think uh, there are opportunities on the life. There are opportunities in football. And I think this is uh, important because the opportunity is there. It's in Qatar, it's the World Cup. And you have everything to win and, and nothing to lose. Because right now the expectation from the fans, from everybody says, oh no, the national team right now is not playing really so good. But I said, this is the opportunity, you know. The life is, is that and, and this is the, the, and you have to take it. So right now in, in Qatar, I, for me, I have a lot of confidence in the players. I have confidence in my in my national team. I hopefully uh, it's going to be a, a really good World Cup. Cesar Hernandez is a football journalist who works for ESPN in the U.S. He lives in San Diego, close to the Mexican border. His parents are both from Mexico, and few know Mexican football better than Cesar. Here's Cesar on how the beautiful game impacted him from a young age. I mean, it's it's almost synonymous with with uh, Mexican culture. I mean, I guess from a personal experience, I could even say that you know sometimes people ask me, you know, oh, when did you become you know a football fan, you know, a soccer fan, and when, when did that start? And I feel as if my answer is the same answer that many Mexicans would say: it was just you know from birth. You know, I was when I was you know my my parents would make jokes that you know that you know when I was born, you know, I was jerseys were already put on me <laughs> as, a, as a as a child, and I feel that's the same with with uh with mexican culture in general where it's just it's it's almost synonymous with it it's almost synonymous with the idea of you know uh you know you know of tacos it's almost synonymous with the idea of just an, an identity of that culture so yeah i mean it's it is you know, when it comes to sport and obviously there are other sports within mexico that are hugely popular but nothing that comes close to the popularity of, of, of football. All right, let's talk a little bit about the national team. Um, Gerardo Martino is the manager still. The team is, well, it's not doing very well at the moment, I believe. But can you tell me what the current state is of the Mexican national team and and how you rate it at the moment? Well, there's a lot of anxiety. <laughs> there's a lot of anxiety about the, the national team right now. Um Sure, you look at uh, World Cup qualifying, you see that they finished second um, and actually didn't finish first uh, just due to goal differential. But when you take a deeper dive into L3, um, as, as they're known, when you take a deeper dive into how they did in World, uh, World Cup qualifying, it was a lot of tense and close results. And that's not anticipated for a team that is supposed to be one of the giants uh, in the region and, and not only just world cup qualifying, but you've seen in recent friendlies, you know, Mexico has struggled. They've really struggled. We saw the collapse against, uh, Colombia recently. Uh, we saw them narrowly sneaking past Peru. 
Um, that was last month as well. In August, they lost the Paraguay. They're and, and the Nations League matches. You know, they weren't exactly convincing against Jamaica. So there are a number of really worrying results here uh, for Ultra leading into the World Cup and. In a, in a recent media day, which was supposed to be a, a send-off for all three before the World Cup, there were, you know, it seemed like there were themes of of injuries and poor runs of form for for all three. And Martino himself had admitted that Mexico haven't been at their best since 2019, 2020. You know, there was also conversations in that media day send-off about injuries for Tecatito Corona, who is arguably Mexico's most talented player, about injuries for Raul Jimenez, you know, obviously he, he isn't at the same level and he's still recovering from an injury and Hector Herrera, who's such a crucial player, but he's, he's had injuries as well. So there's, there's a lot of anxiety, but still that's, that seems to be the norm, to be honest for Mexico. Typically they have a bad run of form ahead of the world cup, but that hasn't necessarily meant a, a bad world cup though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and the manager is he is he under pressure or what, how do the country how do the Mexican people look at him at the moment? Well, I think uh, when I when I think of Tata Martino right now, all I think of are Mexico games in the U.S. and Mexico, and even an away game in Jamaica, where every single match you hear the same chant, which is "Fuera Tata," which means "Tata out." That has been mm. a constant for him, especially uh, especially this year. Then again, uh, I, I, it seems as if reports have indicated that he might be leaving the national team after the World Cup. So whether whether if that's what most fans want, I mean, I guess I guess the truth is that it is what most fans want. But there, it looks like this might be his. The, the end of a run uh, for him with, with Mexico, but we'll see what happens after the World Cup, but some reports are indicating that he could be leaving after the World Cup, but but yeah, as mentioned, yeah. Fuera Tata has just been a constant <laughs> in so many games. But what can we expect from guys like Moreno and Guardado, like the, the, the veterans of the team now? Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With Moreno, uh, Guardado, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting moment for players like them. I think you could even throw in, let's say, a Hector Herrera. Uh, mm. We can throw in someone like uh, maybe even Nesto Araujo. These are, these are very important players to all three. Um, they're players who are um, veterans of the squad. They've had a, a number, a, a huge amount of experience with all three. And I think that this is a big moment for them because it might be their last World Cup. Guardado has mentioned that this is probably his last World Cup. Moreno, I can't see him um, take a part in another World Cup in the future. So right now, Mexico is at a transitional moments uh going forward uh, and i think that this will be their last opportunity and 
it's going to be interesting too because yes, Guardado, Moreno, Hector Herrera, these are very very important players to all three. But at, are they at their peak? Are they at their best? I I don't think so. I think their their best was about perhaps a year, two, three years ago. And I think the big question for me, at least regarding those players, is if is if their experience w- will be more important than their current level of play, which could potentially be a liability, uh, to be honest, uh, against some of the best. What do you expect from Mexico during the upcoming World Cup in the group with uh, Poland, Argentina and Saudi Arabia? Yeah, that's going to be interesting because because I think for L3, the goal, and I think in general, the minimum goal for L3 is to make it out of the group stage. As we've seen since 1994, They've always made it out of the group stage. They've always moved on to the round of 16. Um, That has been a a constant for them. Uh, But looking ahead to this World Cup, you do have worries. You do worry about them against Argentina. You do anticipate a loss there. And it seems like what's going to be crucial is that match against Poland, which will be uh, their their first match uh, in the World Cup. I think that's going to define whether they whether they move on to the knockout round or not. Because assuming that Poland and Mexico have issues with Argentina, assuming that Mexico and Poland are also going to beat Saudi Arabia, it will probably come down to that first World Cup game between Mexico and Poland. And I I do worry about them defensively. I do. (laughs) I I don't think that their back line would be the only one that'd be worried uh, about taking on Lewandowski. I think any team in the world would be really <laughs> worried about taking on Lewandowski. So, but if they're able to do that, that could potentially give them an opportunity. Maybe you have another highlight worthy moment from Guillermo Cho, which he tends to do almost every world cup now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and he's, he is still playing at a pretty high level for old three. So it, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary if he were to have a very good world cup, despite being 37 years old. But I think that game will be key. And if they're able to get a good result against them, against Poland, um, then I think that they'll be able to move on to the knockout round. But after that, well, that's a little that's a little complicated because even though I just said that Mexico always makes it to the knockout round since 1994, so that's seven consecutive World Cups. The thing with L3 is that in those seven consecutive World Cups, they've been knocked out in the round of 16 as well. So that's why the... In, in Mexico, there's this infatuation with the idea of the quinto partido, the fifth game. Hmm. That's It is a huge, huge infa- infatuation because if they can make it to that quinto partido, the fifth game, so by the fifth game, I mean the quarterfinal match because that would be the fifth game of the tournament, there would be, honestly, the, whole, the, the entire nation would celebrate <laughs> if they make it If they make it to that quinto partido. If they make it to that, to that fifth game, that quarterfinal, that'd be... A historic day in Mexican soccer, but do I have confidence that they'll be able to do that? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But then again, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a, a poor lead up to the World Cup hasn't necessarily meant a bad World Cup for all three. And uh, we'll see what happens once once they land in Qatar. Mexican football fans are wild. They live for their national team. A brilliant example of that is José Moore. He rose to fame in Mexico and found himself in the global spotlight when he reacted to Mexico's elimination in the 2014 World Cup, after the Netherlands were awarded a very controversial penalty, after the referee spotted a foul on Arlen Robben. Of course, the Mexicans never believed this was a penalty. So, 
Josesso tweeted, No era penal. It wasn't a penalty. Not one day. Not two days. No. He tweeted this every day for several years. I called Josesso to join me on the podcast. Here's Josesso on his love for the Mexican national football team. Uh, now that we are just a few months away from the World Cup, I can say that at, at least every man here in Mexico are just waiting to to see uh, the national team uh, doing their job in Qatar. Yeah, what do you remember from watching the national team as a kid? What was the vibe like in the country? Uh, I mean, I remember that it, it, it was when... I believe after the World Cup of, of South Africa, uh, I remember too much that the first match uh, after Spain was world champion was a friendly match here in Mexico at uh, Azteca Stadium. Uh, and I was there and it was like, wow, uh, you know, it, the whole stadium was full. All the people were supporting, obviously, Mexico, the... Uh, stadium was supporting Mexico and it was amazing. Hmm. That's beautiful, man. And of course, you yourself became a little bit famous after the World Cup uh, 2014 World Cup because uh, Mexico played the Netherlands then. And that's when Arjen Robben, um, he maybe d- dived, maybe he deserved the penalty. I don't know, but you were very clear. You said this wasn't a penalty, no era penal, and you tweeted it for years, every day. So let's take uh, take us back to that moment. Where were you when you saw this penalty happening? And why did you decide to tweet about it every day that this was not a penalty? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was actually seeing the match in a state called Michoacán here in in Mexico. The whole country was uh, actually excited, actually expecting to finally achieve that fifth um, match uh, because how well the team was playing on, you know, uh, taking that one point uh, against Brazil in Brazil. Uh, how we win against Croatia. I, I believe that a lot of people was thinking that maybe this was going to be our year. And when the the penalty came, it was like, oh man, it's happening again, you know? Obviously, seeing the the repetition of, of, of the play, of all the match, and it was like, uh, it, it was hard, you know, uh, I was, I, I don't remember even which age was I, but I was really disappointed because I was expecting that finally we're going to be playing a fifth match in the World Cup and it 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 just don't happen. Arjen Robben got the penalty. I think Klaas and Huntelaar uh, shot the penalty, scored a goal, and then you were out of the World Cup. And then you decided to tweet every day, no era penal. It was not a penalty. You did that for more than a thousand tweets. I think, uh, I don't know. I lost count how many times you tweeted it. Uh, why did you decide to do this? And what kind of responses did you get? You know, at the beginning, it was kind of a joke between one friend and, and I. Because uh, at the beginning, all the people start uh, taking like some images uh, to Twitter, like saying day one, it wasn't a penalty day two, it wasn't a penalty. And I was retweeting them and also like, uh, doing some particular tweets about that. 
And then uh, those images stopped, but I continued tweeting like day five, day six, day seven. It wasn't a penalty. And one friend of mine told me like, hey, I believe that you won't... Uh, that you can't do continue doing this for uh, until the next uh, World Cup of Russia. I take that like as a yeah, like a challenge, and so so I continue tweeting it. You know, it, it was kind of a joke, but I believe that it was maybe like the first year, or I don't remember how it went, how many time it passed, uh, and the account, the Twitter account of the Mexican football. Uh, Association. Yeah. yeah. Uh, contact me that he, they wanted to do me an interview and all that stuff. And that I, I believe that that's when everything started, you know, they interview me, then some other uh, internet pages contact me to do the same, some news uh, papers, some local newspapers do the same. Uh, after that, I believe that it was uh, on one gold cup that Mexico win it also having two polemical penalties. And that was the first time that the Netherlands uh, football team account, Twitter account, uh, reply me in hmm. Twitter, like saying like, Hey, congratulations for the, for the gold cup. It, it, it wasn't a penalty or something like that. So it was kind of fun because I didn't was expecting a, uh, the reply from the Dutch national team. I was also expecting that in some point, maybe some, some, somebody or someone in Mexico contact me to give an interview, but I didn't was expecting that it was going to be like this big, you know? Yeah. Um, one day uh, when the Dutch uh, national team reply me, like after this gold cup, I was actually because of the difference on, in the in the time zone. I was sleeping, and when I woke up, I see my Twitter account, and I saw that I was having like I don't know, like so many, so many uh, notifications. You know, like a lot of people was starting following me, a lot of people was mentioning me, a lot of people was retweeting and all that stuff. And I just saw that it was because the Dutch uh, national team have answered me. That's cool. Yeah, well, the the tweet, like the most viral tweet that I uh, tweet, actually tweet, uh, it was when uh, Sweden eliminates uh, Netherlands in the qualification for Russia. Uh, after that match, I remember that I tweeted with an image like, uh, hey, uh, good luck next time. See you in, in Qatar. Um uh, And also that was like uh, a lot of people retweeted that tweet, uh, give like, you know, a lot of replies came from that tweet. And it was like kind of fun. I, I really didn't believe at any point that it wasn't be, it was going to be like this viral. I get invited to a TV show in the United States. It, it was, it, it was, uh, I never believed that it was going to be that big, you know? Yeah, that's great, man. Why did you stop? Did you stop uh, at the 2018 World Cup in Russia like your friend challenged you? When did you stop tweeting? No, I believe I, I stopped tweeting after that uh, match between Sweden and, and Netherlands. Uh, I, I just think that it wasn't like uh, any 
any motivation, any extra motivation to com continue treating it until Russia, because I believe that karma has already done their work, you know? <laughs> yes, 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 I understand. So I think your story says a lot about the football passion in Mexico, right? That you tweeted that for, for years and years because you thought it wasn't a penalty that your country suffered. Now, we're going to the next World Cup. Mexico will be there. The Netherlands will be there too, but they will be in another group. Mexico will be there in a group with uh, Poland, Argentina, and Saudi Arabia. What do you expect from Mexico at this World Cup in Qatar? Well, what I expect is that Mexico could advance to the next round. I believe that they will do it like they usually do, like one one tie, one win, and one loss. Uh, obviously, maybe the tie against Poland, the loss against Argentina, the win, obviously, against Saudi Arabia. And I believe that another time, that will be it. Uh, seeing how the brackets will be, and uh, assuming that we'll be passing as second of the group, our rival will be France. And I really don't see how Mexico could win to France, but I just at least expect that they can advance from the group from the group stage. Hopefully, they they, they surprise us this time. Hopefully. Let's hope Mexico will finally make it to that elusive fifth game at the World Cup. I want to thank Pavel Pardo, Cesar Hernandez and José Zomor for their time. Follow this podcast to never miss any episodes. And if you want to have early access to our podcast episodes, download the 433 app. It's free and our podcast episodes are published there a week earlier than on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Alright, my name is Sam Verraate. Thank you for listening and on to the next story in the home of football. Hi guys, thank you. I just filmed the podcast with 433. I'm Rafa Ferdinand. I'm Mario Götze. My name is Clarence Seedorf. Hi, I'm Sunil Chetri. I just finished my podcast with 433. Yo, what's going on, people? It's your boy, Adi Bawakin Fermer, a.k.a. Mr. Beast Mode. I just finished the podcast with 433. Hi, 433 fans. It's Don Robbie in the building, right? And we are here for a great podcast. I want you to check it out. Hi, 433. I am Fabrizio Romano. Check out my story on the podcast. It was a great pleasure. 